0: Well, let's turn to uh, the Bible now. We've just sung about it. Let's t- turn and read it again. And the book of Nehemiah, and the eighth chapter. <coughs> My text, actually, for this morning is in verse 10. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. <coughs> My plan is that over the next three visits, this one and the next, the next two visits, um, to look at this same text on each of those occasions and look at the different components of it one at a time. So this morning, um, joy. Next time, uh, the joy of the Lord. And then the third time, the joy of the Lord is your strength. This time joy, next time the joy of the Lord, what does that actually mean? And then the third time, the joy of the Lord is your strength. What is it about it that makes us strong? Of course, I haven't prepared the next two yet, so that's not a promise. That's a plan, but not a promise. Um, And of course, I will probably smudge over them quite a lot and uh, steal from from, uh, one talk for the next. But anyway, let's read this passage now where we find that text. When the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose and beside him at his right hand stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah and Messiah. And at his left stood Hand, Pediah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshullam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed with their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So, Joshua, Barney, Cherubiah, Jamin, Aqab, Shabbathiah, Hodijah, Measiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites, helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book of the law of God, And they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. Well, may God help us to understand that as we come back to it in a a moment's time. But perhaps we can sing once more. And this time again from the supplement number 15. My heart is filled with thankfulness to him who bore my pain. Well, let's open our Bibles again, shall we, at uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 and looking particularly at verse 10 and the context of it. Anybody here named Joy? Yes? Somebody with the name Joy? No? Anybody middle? You? You're Joyce. Well, nearly. <laughs> Anybody got the middle name, Joy. No? Yeah, up here. Are there? Someone with the middle name Joy?
1: You've finally gone It's
0: quite something to live up to, having the name Joy, isn't it? Well, actually, really, every, every Christian's middle name is Joy. Really. Um, if your first name was Joy, I mean, you've really got to live up to that, haven't you? Um, you know, someone never said, Oh, watch out, Joy's in a right miserable mood today. I mean, it wouldn't make sense, would it? Wouldn't make sense. Well, every Christian's middle name is Joy, really, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Second name is Joy. You ever had uh, drinks like um, Fiber Life? Mixture cocktail of different fruit juices and you taste it and you think, mmm, well I can definitely orange, I can definitely taste orange and I think there's some pi- uh, it's definitely pineapple, definitely I can taste I don't know, I haven't had it for ages, I don't know what it tastes I can't remember what it tastes of, but something like that, you might think, Oh yeah, I can definitely taste orange, I can definitely taste pineapple. I think there's some mango in there somewhere and maybe some passion fruit and some lemon and apple probably. But the ones I most notice, the ones I would name first, orange and pineapple. Well, the fruit of the Spirit has nine flavours. And actually, recently we've been thinking about love. Um, But if I was clever, I would have done this on purpose. (laughs) The the second flavour is joy. For a Christian, we should be absolutely marked out by love. But we need also to be marked out by joy. The joy of the Lord. Not necessarily happiness the joy of the Lord it's our second name our second name it's quite something to live up to isn't it you'll also notice that in that list of nine flavours of of that mark out a truly spiritual Christian the fruit of the spirit there is no bitterness in that no bitter flavour and there's no sorrow Change that isn't it truly spirit filled Christian Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But the strange thing is that sorrow doesn't actually appear there. And I think that's what's very significant about this particular account that we have here. Is this, that um, the people's instinct was to be sorrowful and to grieve and to mourn. And they were told not to, but rather to rejoice because the joy of the Lord was their strength. Now whilst sorrow, godly sorrow, hopefully we'll think more about godly sorrow next time, what is godly sorrow and what is the godly joy, the joy of the Lord next time, whilst godly sorrow is our instinct, or should be, for we have offended against God so badly, actually that's not our strength. (coughs) It, it is a means to an end to bring us to the joy of the Lord. That's where we are strong. Not when we look at ourselves and are miserable because we fail so badly, fail God so badly and fail ourselves and other people so badly. But when we look at Jesus and realise that nevertheless he still loves us and he died in our place. And that's what makes us strong. The joy of the Lord Is our strength. Let me just read that again, so you get the theme. The theme of it, verses nine and ten. All the people wept when they heard the words of the law. I can only assume that's because they realised how badly they'd failed. Then he said to them, "Go your way, eat and drink, and eat eat the fat and drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow." For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, these are my headings for this morning. Four headings joy instead of sorrow, joy that we seek, joy that is sacred, and joy that is shared. So, first of all, joy instead of sorrow. As I said, there are different types of, of joy. Uh, um, there's a, some people are just joyful, aren't they? <laughs> Some people, you know, their natural inclination is to have a, an uplifted corners of their heart, so to speak. They're just, they're just happy. And other people, like me, are just born miserable, really. Um, and, and we're not happy unless we're sad. Um, but there, there are also different types of, of sorrow. There's, there's and I, I will hopefully speak more about this next time, there, there's a, 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 a natural. Misery, as I say, some people are just naturally sad people. Um, and they may need help cheering up. But that's not necessarily the joy of the Lord. You know, you might just say to someone who's naturally said, Oh, come on, let's, let's do something nice, let's, let's cheer up. Just because they're, that's just the way they are. But then, then there's the sadness of, of grief. Deep, deep pain. Deep, deep loss and pain. And it's not necessarily right to say to someone in that situation, oh, cheer up. Because they, they can't. And because it would be a lie. To pretend, pretend to be what they are. They, they might need a lot of support, a lot of encouragement, a lot of help gradually to come through. But you don't want them to lie about how they feel, do you? And, and likewise, there's the sadness that can come with, with, with illness, physical or, 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 or mental struggles that, that some of us might have. Um, that. <coughs> You, can't, you just can't just snap out of it. You, know? you can't just pull yourself together. If you, if you could, you would. Um, and you don't want to tell people to lie about how they feel. Pretend. There's that kind of sorrow, isn't there? But that's not the sort of sorrow that we, is being t- talked about here. This is a sorrow that's a, kind of a godly sorrow. It's a sorrow over failure and sin. The law has just been read. God's requirements for his people have just been read out and explained to the people. Uh, and it made them sad, really sad, because <laughs> they, they realized that they hadn't been doing what the Bible said they, they should do. So this isn't a snap out of it, kind of a, a, a call. This is a "Find the joy of the Lord, look to God, who is yes, He is the lawgiver, but he is also the forgiver of criminals. He is the forgiver of sinners and find his joy. Now, more on that, hopefully, as I say next time. A little bit of background, though, first of all. About 70 years previously, interestingly, let, think about how long the, our queen has been on the throne, at roughly that same length of time. About 70 years previously, um, the, the, nation, the, nation, the southern kingdom of Judah had been exiled to Babylon um, for about 70 years. But about 70 years before this... Um, some people had come back from Babylon to Jerusalem to, to start rebuilding. And we're told, in Ezra 1 verse 5, we read this, Then the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Now that had been about 70 years previous to this. They, they, some people had come back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And they were people, spiritual people, you see. They were people whose spirits the Lord had stirred. They'd gone back with a vision from God to build the temple. But they had faced all sorts of problems. Opposition, uh, troubles outside, troubles inside, um, hardships, shortage of money and resources, all sorts of things that had made it a very, very difficult task. And, and they kind of failed. They'd failed. And by the time Nehemiah comes along, the place is, a, is a pretty much still a wreck. And a bomb site. You know what that looks like from our news, newscast, don't we, now? Um, so they were spiritually zealous people, but who'd been really through a difficult time. And they realised now, as the law was being read, how much they had failed God. And and there was great sorrow. And there was certainly a place for that. If you turn on to chapter 9, about three weeks later, uh, they they were mourning again. But that wasn't their strength. There's a place to be sorrowful and to mourn and to grieve before God. But that is not where our strength lies. Our strength lies in the joy of the Lord. So we can see that joy came with fuller understanding. Look at verse 12. All the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions, and rejoiced greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. So sorrow, sorrow for our sins comes with partial understanding. We know we've failed. That's true understanding, but it's not the full understanding. We know we've failed, and therefore we are sorrowful and sad and grieving, but now they understood, not only had they failed to keep God's law, but that actually God was willing to forgive them and give them a fresh start. And there was hope. And therefore they could rejoice in God's goodness, sorrow in themselves, but rejoice in God's grace. Now imagine you go to, to the doctors because you, um, you fear there's something seriously wrong with you. Maybe this has happened to some of you and uh, you have all sorts of tests done scans and MRIs and CTs and all the rest of it and uh, the time comes to to go and see the consultant and find out what the verdict is nowadays it's probably more likely to be over the phone but um, you go to you go to see, find out the result and you take a friend a friend or a spouse or somebody with you and you the the consultant says, um, I'm very sorry to tell you, and that's all you hear. That's all you hear. Just those few words, and your mind just goes into absolute panic, a whirl, and everything else just completely. You don't hear it. That was what you dreaded to hear, and that's what you heard, and that's just that's the end of it. You just can't think anymore. And, and your friend, uh, you know. Uh, Takes you home, makes make a cup of tea. Obviously, um, which is what we do, and 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 sits down with you and says, "Look, did you listen to all that the consultant said? Um, look, that, uh, she gave us these leaflets. Let's let's read them together." A- and so your friend explaining what else the consultant said and reading what's in these leaflets, you you discover that actually although you do have the, what you were dreading, actually, there's a remedy. Uh, there is a cure. And in fact, with your particular affliction, there's a very good rate of recovery. And with fuller understanding, you think, it's not as bad as I thought it was. You know, there, is, there, is hope at the, there is hope. There is a way forward. With partial understanding, you, you were put in an absolute state of despair. But with fuller understanding, you realize there is hope. And with partial understanding, we realize that we are sinners before God. Crushing thought. But with fuller understanding, we realize that there is a 100% cure for all who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is real, real hope. So th- this is this is joy instead of sorrow. This is joy that comes through a fuller understanding. We you know the full the full message is: but God, but God, who is rich in mercy, <laughs> sent His Son, who lived that perfect life, who died that dreadful death, who rose from the grave, alive, and is still alive today and is willing to forgive you now from heaven where he has ascended. He's praying for you, looking after you. There is real hope. There is, through sorrow, to joy. Godly sorrow is what we deserve, but the joy of the Lord is what we are invited to take hold of. And our strength is not in our sorrow, but our strength is in the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not looking at ourselves, but we're looking at Him. So it's, it's a joy instead of sorrow, but secondly, it's a joy that we are to seek. They're, they were commanded to rejoice here. Um, they were sorrowful, but they were commanded to rejoice. So this is not a joy that just kind of comes upon us uh, un, un, unsought. That we're just sitting in a meeting one day and boom. I mean, that can happen. All of a sudden our spirits lift and it's as if God has just visited us and lifted our hearts and we're full of joy. And I'm not denying that could happen, but that's not what we have here. This is a joy that they were commanded to do, to seek, to find, to know, to exercise, to express. Um, the best known as a verse on joy is probably the one I read right at the beginning of the service, isn't it? That double command. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice! You know, come on, do it, do it. Discipline your mind to think on the goodness of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That hope, the hope that lies before us. How do we do it? What well, we do? That's what we do. We fill out deliberately. Fill our minds with the goodness of God and focus upon Him. It's not go around with an inane grin on your face and pretend that you're happy. It's, it's, it's not lying to yourself about how you feel, but it's the discipline of mind to flood it with the light of God's character, God's good, merciful character, and to fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we might feel ill, we might be depressed, we might be the most needy Christian in this room today. But the most needy Christian... And it has been me. People who admit and confess that they are sins, but nevertheless rejoice in the Lord. Because he is good, and he's kind, and he's faithful, and he's loving, and he forgives, and forgives, and forgives, and forgives. That's what the world needs today. conviction of sin, yes, but joyful Christians mm-hmm. to share the good news of forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what does the church mean today? Yes, we do need to be convicted of our sins and to repent of them and to keep on doing so. But we need to have the joy of the Lord to share among ourselves uh, 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 and to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty, in his mighty strength because we rejoice in his goodness and in his love. Just as I close, can I, can I just give you two ways to try to reassure everybody who's been troubled by one thing. Um, first of all, to naturally sad people or people who are, I don't know, if anybody is depressed or ill or bleeding. And as a consequence, if that is anybody here, I don't, I don't, I don't know. If it worried me as I was preparing. So I thought, well, what, if, you know, what about someone like that? Um, and it does cause you to lose your assurance of salvation because of a deep sorrow from whatever cause that you have inside of you. Let me ask you this question, these two questions. Are you truly trusting in Jesus to forgive you of sin? And have you turned from, uh, you know, with God's help and as far as you can, from sin in your life? A yes, to both of those, you say, but I'm still sad. Well, can I say this to you? You might actually, you might actually be stronger than some of the naturally happy people around you. Because you are fighting battles they you know nothing about. And you are overcoming You might not feel you are, but you are. If you are repenting of your sins and if you are trusting in the Lord Jesus, you are at the time. and you might actually be stronger than some of the happy people around you, because they don't fight the same battle that you fight. And you might well have the joy of the Lord, because if you didn't, you might have gone down even further mm-hmm. in your life. You, know, you start; you, st- you start from further down than other people, because of your natural make up for things that have happened to you whatever but you're going on with jesus god that's victory (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and then secondly it's almost the opposite case. somebody who says well i am trusting in jesus i i I love the lord jesus and and i have done for a long time but i've never Really had terrors of, of conviction of sin. I, I've never, and I have nightmares about it. I've never really been greatly really frightened of, of hell. I, I know, I know that I, that's what I deserve if, if Jesus doesn't have saved me. But I, I've never been overwhelmed with grief and sorrow I know some people have, but that hasn't happened to me. I just always trusted in the Lord Lord Jesus or I had for many for a long time. Can I be a real Christian without having gone through (coughs) the agonies of of grief? I'm sad, I'm sorry that I offended God and sinned against him, but I've never had an emotional overwhelming experience of of terror. Can I be a real Christian? Maybe this will help you. Do you remember the story I told just a few minutes ago about going to the doctor and having a diagnosis? The problem with that patient that person was that they heard the diagnosis but they didn't hear the cure. What happens to many of us is that we know the cure before we hear the diagnosis or we feel the diagnosis. So imagine that person consult going to see their consultant for themselves, i their going to the word now, a cancer specialist who, who obviously had studied, knew all the answers knew all the cures and knew, suspected what they had wrong with them, and read up all the latest research on that particular form of cancer. When they went to see their consultant, and that could tell them said exactly the same words to them. Sorry, that the same news. But we do have this particular disease. How would they yet? They knew that that particular form of cancer has a 99% probability of cure. And it's they don't go through chemotherapy or any of that, no operations would take this is, this is fantasy land oh, no. just take one tablet a day for a year and you'll be cured. the so just as much they went on with that knowledge they hear the diagnosis and they say that's ok thank you okay. I know there's a cure totally different reaction because they knew it the cure before they heard the diagnosis for many of us, we know the cure. We are brought up believing that God is love. We're brought up knowing that Jesus loves us. We're brought up knowing that there is a 100% cure for the problem of sin. That guilt can be totally taken away, instantly. And we know that before the Holy Spirit convicts us of our own personal sin. And so although we are sorrowful that we have offended against God, and we know that we deserve eternal punishment, actually we already know. And we've been singing about it since we were children sometimes. The cure. And so we say, thank you Lord for showing me that I really need Jesus. Because it never really dawned on me up till now that I did. Even though I've been singing about it since I was a child. Maybe you still are a child. But thank you for showing me that I personally need to trust in the Lord Jesus. But personally need to personally, me, be right with God. And you can be. And you don't have to go through the nightmare terrors of anticipating hell. Because they are there to bring a person you need that to so the very point that you're all you the trust in the Lord Jesus as your Savior and turn the sin and spiritually forgive. Mm-hmm. I hope that helps That's at least one mm-hmm. half a person, one person, I don't know, say so yes, you can be a real Christian. Mm-hmm. What's important mm-hmm. is that you're trusting in the Lord Jesus and you're seeking to follow him in truth, repentance, and the repent, And mm-hmm. you can go a to the Christian. Maybe it's mm-hmm. stopping you being baptized. Maybe mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. stopping you being joyful. Mm-hmm. But you think you should be sorry for sadder than your heart mm-hmm. but do not grieve. for the joy of the Lord you just mm-hmm. well let's sing let's sing a song like that you know it can be when peace like a with table. Okay,